We're going. We're going into the secret space program land. Here we go. Excuse me. Aliens! Go on, they come to Earth! I'm a woman. Hey. All right. I got some clips from a person called Captain Randy Kramer. Captain Randy Kramer claims to have been part of the secret space program for right around 20 years. He uh, claims to have been on the moon and Mars and did a bunch of different things. Now, there are other secret space program whistleblowers, most notably Corey Good. Corey Good was probably one of the more prominent people on the scene. He's done various interviews with George Norrie, and he's all over the Gaia network. And also, um, he's buddied up with, uh, with someone else to get his, his story about the secret space program out there. I played some clips from Corey Good on the past. Now, I know uh, we talked about the secret space program a few episodes ago and the intergalactic space trade. I think there might be something here. And I want to remind people of this story of uh, Gary McKinnon before I play any of these clips. Gary McKinnon was a U.K. hacker who was, uh, I think, 23 at the time. He broke into some NASA computers just by you know, doing some port scanning, just checking if they had any sort of security on these computers. A lot of them, a lot of times you can just break into a computer by using admin and password password to get into these computers. And Gary McKinnon did this, that what he discovered when he broke into these uh, NASA computers, he saw some uh, unedited photos of what appeared to be UFOs uh, taken by NASA or were in the property of NASA at the time. And he also saw a spreadsheet of non-terrestrial officers. And uh, Gary McKinnon went on record with, with this. The U.S. tried to get him extradited from the U.K. to the United States to stand trial. Thankfully, that never happened. But he's gone on record many times of uh, what he saw and what he witnessed while he broke into those NASA computers. So I, I'm willing and I'm, I believe this guy and what he saw. So if it, with a spreadsheet, the spreadsheet uh, is true, and I believe that it is, that there's non-terrestrial officers. That means that they're, I mean, they're not on this earth. They're not here on uh, Terraforma. It's a Terraforma, Terraforma, Terra. And so I think that there is uh, definitely a secret space program. And that's why I, I indulge in some of these, these stories by these whistleblowers. Because maybe it's not 100% true. But I think there may be enough information in there that is true that could that is interesting enough to indulge in. I don't know what you think about all this, Joe. Well, um, the secret space program came up. There was uh, another article about that satellite that's been up there for like what six hundred days almost. Yeah, the uh, days, whatever it is. That's so, uh, something we, going on. We don't know anything about that. That's secret enough. We covered that when it happened in 2015. And that thing, that space plane can be up in orbit for 500 plus days. I got clips of that. And we played that on the show. Maybe I'll play it a little later. Where they were, story, they were, though. I think CBS was all proud. They got this interview and the Admiral or the General was all proud that, that this secret space plane that can do God knows what up there. But I'll, so I'll, there's a secret space program, at least to some extent. I mean, that we, that we know of. 
there's a public version of the space program. There's the military space program, and then there is the secret space program. 719 days is the article I'm seeing from a day ago. So that'll be 720. Whoa, 719 days? I thought it was a little longer. 9,240. How long is 9,240 days? Got to be at least five years. I don't know. Don't know. Yeah. At least, yeah, it's a little bit. So this uh, first clip from uh, Captain Randy Kramer kind of sets things up. It's about a minute and a half long, and then I might skip around if you have any questions or comments concerning uh, this person. So here we go. Here's the first clip from Captain Randy Kramer. Oh, I mean, it all goes back to, you know, early development and early childhood uh, being a construct of a program that was genetically engineered, built from the ground up. Training program started when I was a child, when I was like four or five years old. Training program went until I was 17 years old. And at 17 years old, I was deployed actually into the covert military space program, sent to Mars for 17 years to be in the MDF via a transport ship uh, from the moon, from Luna Operations Command that probably, my guessing was probably four or five stories high, that probably had four or 5,000 personnel on it at the time. What year might that have been? That would have been in 1987. So we were put onto a transport ship. Again, I'm guessing about four or 5,000 people where it, it held, you know, total. And then that ship took off from Luna Operations Command on the moon. And then that ship went through a wormhole to Mars. So the whole trip, you know, took a few minutes. And then we landed on the tarmac at Ares Primus, which is the military headquarters, uh, corporate headquarters of the Mars colonies. And then I was sent to a forward station far, far north, what I sort of refer to as, you know, Alaska region as far as, I mean, if you were to compare, uh, you know, longitudes and lat- latitudes here on planet Earth, it was very, very high, far north. So it was a very, very cold region that we were a part of in a place called Forward Station Zebra and spent the better part of 17 years in the MDF there. That kind of, uh, he, said, he said a lot there. He crammed in a lot in that minute and a half. Wow. He started off Mars by- Defense Force, what is MDF? Uh, I believe so, Mars uh, Mars Defense Force. So he, what he claimed in that uh, that clip right there is, from a very early age, he was training and conditioned, possibly even uh, genetically modified, to be part of this secret space program. God damn it, Lucky. Uh, yeah, well, he he kind of goes into that. He says that uh, he gets people that come up to him saying, "How can I join the this program? How can I be deployed to Mars?" and uh, I didn't ki- I didn't clip that out, but um, he does go into uh, people that approach him, claiming, uh, saying, "Hey, you're a fraud. Stop pretending you're part of the armed forces. Stop pretending that you are a marine." And he actually addresses that in this clip right here. Uh, but I also like to point out, if I'm not telling the truth, then I am committing a number of felonies, including felony impersonating an officer. And I have encouraged people who think that I'm not telling the truth to report me to the FBI or to the CMC's office in the Marine Corps. I know some people who have had those conversations, and those people are not interested in talking to me. If I was committing fraud, I would get a letter from the FBI or from the CMC's office telling me to cease and desist. And then my attorney and I, we could get into that whole conversation. But no one sent me any letters because I'm not committing fraud. There you go. He also uh, addresses uh, taking a lie detector test, which a lie detector test can be a little goofy. I don't know if I truly believe them. I don't know if you know any of that, Joe, about lie detectors. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a bunch of stuff back and forth. Yeah. If you're a sociopath, apparently you can trick it or something. Yeah, it, there's ways to definitely trick it. I would like to see him take it uh, regardless, like the uh, the people uh, in the event 
and the fire in the sky with uh, Travis Walton. They all took lie detector text, test. Uh, the police use that to uh, not necessarily find out if you're guilty, but maybe if you're hiding something. So it's still used in law enforcement. This yeah. guy claimed, the CIA has to take them regularly. I think they? so, yeah, just for fun. <laughs> the, uh, the moon, according to Captain Randy Kramer, is used as uh, a jumping-off point. It's also used for various scientific experiments. He talks about the, the moon uh, quite a bit. Maybe I'll play this first segment of the moon. And how it, how what we maybe we we, uh, we know of the moon landing in the Apollo missions might not be all that it was cracked up to be. The military had the first lunar base, I believe, built about 1955. Who might be oh. the first American on the moon if it wasn't Neil Armstrong? Uh, some nameless uh, covert military space program astronaut who will probably never know. I mean, did, I, I certainly don't know who it did was. Did anybody but. die of tragedy on the moon? I would say almost certainly in the early days, because even though they were using advanced reverse engineered technology from extraterrestrial vehicles that we had recovered in the 40s, it's still the early days. So mistakes mistakes were made, and I'm sure people died in the process. Did Armstrong and Aldrin know about this program? There's some discussion about that, but most people internally agree that they had some briefing about that. In fact, they knew that when they got there, one of their main missions was to look for and or explore artifacts or a uh, a very old crashed vehicle or on the facilities. Dark side. Did they yeah. find them? My understanding is they did. My understanding that was part of their job, and they did. There you go. According to him, been there since the mid fifties. <laughs> Mr. You, Bill it, says it's a rest stop. It could be it's a rest, rest stop. stop on the moon. Yeah, <laughs> the you, best blowjobs in space. You can stop off and get a you know a handy from your favorite Martian. <laughs> <laughs> Giving me a knobber. <laughs> you can get a knobber on uh, on the moon. They got a red onion up there, I heard. <laughs> um, but he goes. No, the red onions on Mars, duh. They yeah. have a they have a white onion. On oh, them. white onion. Yes, makes more sense. He goes on to say that the uh, the ships that they have are quite large in order to take up construction materials to, to to actually transport troops. They have some very large vehicles to. Yeah, uh, need yeah I mean, you got to you got to send up some manufacturing up there to actually construct a base. It would make sense. Um, I'll, I'll play this last space tanks. Yeah, I'm, this is fun. I like this. Play this uh, the second little uh, piece about the about the moon, and then we are definitely. Gonna, I'll, I'll play some clips concerning Mars and what he experienced there. From what I understand, they're doing everything there. They do training there. They're doing science. This is this is about the moon. From what I understand, they're doing everything there. They do training there. They're doing science experiments there. There's a certain amount of um, civilian personnel that come to visit to observe what's going on in the covert military space program. There's financiers, bankers who are dealing with the money side of the program. It's it's a massive, um, massive military facility. And the facility is just huge. How do they build it? Over time, uh, you know, keep digging down and down and building larger. So they must have sent... uh Equipment. Oh, yeah. Digging equipment. Yep. So the size of the crafts to get that stuff there must have been huge. Some of them were probably pretty big. Uh, Some of the early Aurora saucer craft are, you know, the size of a football field. I mean, they're 100, you know, 100 meters, 300 feet wide or so. So they could, you know, you could put a whole bunch of construction equipment on a vehicle that big. There we go. You have one more moon base 
segment here. You know, um, on the Alex Jones show, we, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, uh, right before we got into the intergalactic slave uh, trade. But Alex Jones had on a guest that got attributed to Alex Jones, and the guest said, uh, this, and this guest was a former CIA guy, and the guest said there are slave colonies on Mars. I, I tried to dig around and find some stuff in particular about that. The slave on Mars question will be answered here in the next few clips. I couldn't find out exactly what these slaves would be doing, but uh, Captain Randy Kramer does address that. But this, in this last little uh, clip, uh, 30-second clip we have here, it is about the moon. It's going to wind down uh, his time on the moon. Um, I know that they, the colonies on Mars have had people actually born on Mars since then who then are Earth transplants. But if they're born there, then they're not Earthlings they're anymore. Martians. They're They're human Martians, yeah. They're Martians. I wonder if they're considered uh, citizens of this planet. They are not considered terrestrial citizens. They're considered uh, citizens of the Mars colonies. And because of the gravity, they can never come back here. Oh, my apologies. That was a completely separate clip. I just mislabeled that. He was talking about uh, people born on Mars. About that. I guess if you're going to live on Mars for 17 years, you're probably going to start, you know, you're probably going to get a few knobbers and uh, do what you got to do to get your rocks off. Mm-hmm. Jerk in the wing. Yeah. Maybe even with someone else. So in, in this segment, Randy Kramer goes into Martian and uh, being on Mars and Martian slavery to a certain degree. There are other worlds that we have, you know, agreements and treaties with who think that slavery is essentially an amoral, unethical activity and that we have treaties and contracts signed that we're not supposed to engage in acts of slavery. So as long as we're doing things that are quasi-slavery, then we have these disagreements about what we're supposed to do about it. So we're disclosing for the first time on this program that the secret space program isn't paying its employees a vast Stiffy. number of them. Yeah, a vast number of them are being told that they're going to be paid, going to told to be going to be paid later, going to be told that they're going to get rotated back, get a nice cushy job, you know, with a pension. And Sue them, can nothing. you? Well, I'm in a process uh, with my congressman's office to get paperwork, to get papers, to get con- uh, documents, and what should at some point end up probably in a settlement. Sue everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Punitive damages here. That was on Mars. <laughs> uh, if, they, if he winds up getting a settlement, wouldn't that be admission of his service in the, in the Space Marines? I would say so. I would love, this guy sounds fascinating. I would love to have him on the show. Talk he to- speaks so confidently. I mean, he's either 100% deranged and believes it, or, uh, you know, that's a hard leap to make for me for sure but i love it i mean there's a i read a book based on this kind of stuff before i can't remember the name of it so this next clip there's a there is another person so there's uh, there's cory good there is who claims being uh the secret space program this guy doc, or uh, captain randy kramer who served on mars this next person that i have audio clip from claims this guy's name is rodriguez he claims to have been he has memories of being imprisoned or being on Mars, and this is his memory of being on Mars. Uh, but I got lost, and I saw two guys in a military uniform, but they were aliens. Um, one guy was like, uh, I want to say he looked like a cat, but it wasn't the case. He had coarse orange hair. Uh, he was shorter and stocky, and he had 
kind of he was ugly looking. You know, he's ugly. Um, I, I really don't know how to describe him other than that. He had hair. And the other guy um, was smaller, and he was more of a fish. He had like a fish eyes and uh, a snout. You know what I mean? And they were together. And I walked I, because they were in uniform. I thought that you know that they were in the army like I was or whatever I was in. You know, the fleet. I thought they were part of the fleet. So I asked them, "I'm lost. Can you guys help me out?" And they said, "Yeah." I had to wear a collar, a slave collar. There was a correction collar, and you would get electric, electrified um, if you if you were disciplined. And they saw my collar and said, "What are you doing talking to us? Don't even talk to us. How are you even out here? You don't even have money." And they were, you know, "What are you doing here?" They they immediately, you know, "What makes you think we're going to help you?" And um, and it was it was a telepathic communication. I said, uh, "I'm lost. Can you just tell me how to get back to my hangar, to the hangar area?" And they said, How, you can't even get to the anger area. Guys like you don't even have money. I said, I got money. And as soon as I showed them my money, the one punched me. And I, they basically beat me up and took my money. I got mugged. <laughs> Cumulative damages here. <laughs> he got space mugged. He got space mugged. He took his shoes and his glasses. His eyes are going crazy because he got space hit by some kind of space beast or space fish. Going, it's insane. I can't see, goddammit. <laughs> Um, so that's, that's a totally separate person. And then uh, Randy talks about, look, it's not just the, the moon that he's been to. It's just not Mars that he's uh, operated on. He's, uh, he's been to a space station out near Jupiter. Here we go. Um, one of the probably most interesting things that I got to do when I was uh, stationed on the Nautilus was go on to diplomatic missions and diplomatic missions to the intergalactic space station that orbits around Jupiter, which is essentially a diplomatic meeting area for hundreds of species uh, and us and them. How, to many, have, how many did you meet? Meet personally, I would say several dozen. See hundreds, hundreds, because the main meeting room is this large room that's like several hundred meters wide with, you know, floor to ceilings probably 70 or 80 feet high with, I want to say glass, but it probably wasn't, you know, silicon glass windows that went all the way around that you had this amazing view of. Do they all look different? As varied and different as you can possibly say. I would say the smallest extraterrestrial I ever saw was probably about 18, 24 inches high, and the largest one was probably... 60 feet tall. 60 feet yeah, about tall? about 60 feet tall, yeah. Did it look human? Um, humanoid in the sense, you know, two arms, two legs. Nose. Um, bipedal, you know. Uh, um, you, could you could certainly identify it by looking at it, but I wouldn't say that it just looked like you or I 60 feet tall. It had some other sort of distinguishing features. And um, would you say the ETs were all benevolent or not? In that particular location, Everyone who's there is there to have a conversation about trade, contracts, negotiations. So everyone's on their best behavior. Everyone's being nice. It's usually not a bunch of, you know, uh, grunts, you know, arguing about it. It's, it's diplomats. It's officers. It's um, people out of various, you know, ambassadorial or diplomatic corps having conversations. So everyone's pretty cordial there. Everyone is pretty cordial. One of us is in deep trouble. That's right, Arnold. And so we got... Uh more clips here then we'll wind this down probably maybe open up the phone line so you guys can comment on anything that's going on uh in your uh in your life or if you want to talk about the secret space program this uh this next one is about martian combat and what the u.s space marines uh maybe even just earth space marines had to deal with up there on mars we were actually uh my 
squad and I were captured by uh, indigenous reptoids on Mars and spent five and a half months living with them. And I would have captured. Yeah. Like in they're not all friendly. We were in a constant state of military combat with two indigenous species, an insectoid species and a reptoid species, which then got more complicated when the draconian invasion occurred. And then it was a very complicated sort of war conflict. Was it violent? Very, very violent on a very, on a regular basis. I mean, we were in probably active combat engagements every three to four did days. Did we lose personnel? All the time. And did they? All the time. What kind of weaponry would we use? Um, our prime, for soldiers on the ground, our primary rep- weaponry is a magnetic propelled Ralph rifle or a Gauss, Gauss gun or a rail gun uh, that fires out, you know, magnetically propelled uh, slugs. And if it hits one of these beans, what happens? Um, depending on who it is uh, or depending on the size of the slug, uh, it, you know, usually penetrates and goes right through them. I mean, and, and kills them? It uh, doesn't necessarily kill them right away, depending on their internal structure. The indigenous reptoids had a double circulatory system. They had two hearts with a, what I would call an internal organ circulatory system and then a perimeter or external circulatory system. So you could shoot holes in their arms and legs and they wouldn't lose and blood pressure. Well, they wouldn't lose blood pressure in their central organs. So you really had to aim for, you know, you had to hit a couple of vitals in the central area before they would go down. Yes, this is all very interesting. <laughs> uh, what, what, he, what he's describing there is actually uh, the, I think, the physiological structure, biology of what Klingons claim to have. Klingons have like two sets of, uh, you know, two sets of lungs. They have two hearts. They have double up because they're uh, they're they're battle battle creatures. So, Makes me wonder if Starship Troopers was a documentary. Uh I don't know. Insectoids. He said there's insectoids and reptoids and reptoids, yeah. And reptoids on on Mars. And like I had on screen earlier, I had pictures of of what he had on like and the link to Randy Kramer's website is in the description of his podcast and video. You can go to EarthCitizenConsulting.org. And under the my story part, you can scroll down and he has some pictures like Mars there. And what some what what really appears to be like vegetation on Mars, and I, I know we played Veg- this in vegetation? the vegetation. Did you say vegetation? Vegetation. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll bring I'll bring up oh, I misspelled trees, but there we go. I'll bring up some images on screen of what looks to be. It, they, they look to be like it looks like vegetation on Mars. I mean, it really looks like they they explain it away as oh the, these are uh, like divots in the sand these are just like a part of the sand or rocks are rolled down the side of a hill given the illusion that is vegetation but there's some stuff some serious like pictures here that appear to be actual vegetation on mars so i think something definitely is going on on mars and we're definitely not getting the full story um but let's let's finish up these uh this last clip with uh Captain Randy Kramer. This is about the program itself. This is called the 20 and Back program. That's what he was part of. That's what Corey Good was part of. Uh, let's play this last one. Wrap this thing up. Well, they basically figure that a tour of duty, in order for them to make all their money back, uh, requires a 20-year tour. So a uh, 20-year tour of duty is essentially you... A commitment of 20 years. Yeah, you deploy someone for a 20-year tour of duty, and then you return them. And in the return process, they do um, 
you know, what we sort of, what is called age reversing, but it really has nothing to do with that at all because the body that you're in is pretty much so badly damaged that they have to, you know, throw it in the trash bin. After 20 years of space. Yeah, so from what I understand, <clears throat> they basically have to hatch you out a new clone that's the same age that when you left and transfer your soul and your consciousness through some complicated technological wow. They apparatus. do that too? It's a quantum fluid dynamic, from what I understand, that the soul is actually a quantum fluid dynamic, and so in that sense, it can be removed from one vessel and put into another. And I don't, obviously, I was unconscious for the process, so I can't tell you how it was done. Was it done to you? Oh, absolutely. You're in a different body. Yep, absolutely. Yet your soul and your personality and everything, memory, yep. has all been transferred. Absolutely. There you go. That uh, that winds that up. And um, that's all the clips I have of, of uh, Captain Randy Kramer. In the chat, um, Sherry, uh, so happy, said, wasn't Obama part of the secret space program? Or didn't somebody claim that he was part of the secret space program? Yeah, I forgot to bring that up. But yes. There is a headline here said presidential candidate says he time traveled to Mars with Barack Obama in a secret government program. Giving me a knobber. Well, we don't know if Obama <laughs> gave out knobbers, but uh, this is uh, Andrew Bisaggio is a trial lawyer who ran as an independent candidate for U.S. president in 2016. He's also he also claims a government uh, sponsored time. He also claims that he's a government sponsored time traveler who visited Mars as uh, part of a secret conspiracy that involved Barack Obama. Oh, right. Monkeys throwing shit now, man. It's like they're just throwing everything at the wall. Uh, He says he has... I'll I'll read his last quote and we'll move on. This is by him. This is by Andrew, the former presidential candidate and trial lawyer. I had two different periods of service in the secret space program, time traveling as a child in the late 60s and early 70s and going to Mars as a college student in the first half of the 80s. We landed on Mars in 1964. The documentary source I, uh, I can cite, but I can't proffer, is a French external <clears throat> intelligence organization dossier, which um, I was asked to read in the summer of 1980, which also read by the future president of, of the United States, President Barack Obama, which referred to a crash landing by an American team of astronauts on Mars who perished because they were not rescued by the Martian humanoids. I got to look into it. What, I got to find this French external intelligence dossier or dossier concerning this. I'll have to look into this further. Why would it... I, I don't know. Some of these stories are so incredible, Joe. I don't know. I'm not sure why this trial lawyer would want to come up with a story. Obviously, maybe he's a you know attention whore, but you figure that would ruin your kind of like your your law practice because you're kind of just putting it online there. I went to I went to Mars with Barack Hussein Obama, the president. Yeah, I mean, you can't even be the head of Overstock.com and say you were involved in some FBI shenanigans. No. No, you can't. Well, at least it's frowned upon. <laughs> it certainly is frowned upon. All right. We are going to open up the phone lines here and see what you guys want to talk about. How about that? We got to hear from the people. I, if they want to call in. Good. Now we're having fun. Uh, not yet. No, we're not having fun just yet. And I will try to fix the voicemail line. For some reason, our voicemail line hasn't been recording or taking phone calls. If you guys try to call in after hours, it's just going dead. I'm not sure why. Probably happened during a Skype update. 
So I will look into that this weekend and uh, maybe get some more voicemails because I wouldn't mind playing voicemails. We used to do that all the time, Joe. We did. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, you know, uh, when I've tried to call in when I've been away from a computer or whatever, I use the 614-989-9109 or whatever it is. Yeah, 388-9109. 388-9109. Yeah, and I, I'll call it. I always get a, a busy signal. Hmm. I don't know why that is. Well, that's just Skype. I mean, that's all we got right now to to take calls. But uh, yeah, 614-388-9109. Be more than happy to take your phone calls. We'll see how it goes, though. I would love to go. I mean, look, as as a younger fella, I might have gone to Mars for war and stuff. But yeah, that doesn't sound so bad. I mean, Jesus Christ, all we're doing down here. Uh, the, the other, we're, we're just arguing down here. But then the other thing is that they got this little slave thing going up there. It's just going to be a mess, you know, 100 and 200 years down the road with the 1619 thing going on yeah. now here. I mean, they're just never going to let that go. The fu- the, uh, the, the, the the sectoids and the reptoids are going to hate, you know, all the other different species once they finally become autonomous. It's just going to be a mess. It, it, it certainly would be. It'd be a diplomatic nightmare. You said that uh, there are. It's not just the U.S. going up there. The Russians have people up there. It's a multinational team, and there's uh, various tribes of insectoids up there. Uh, caller, you are on the air. Go ahead, caller. Welcome hey to the Jesus Chat Line. This is Leon. Hey, Leon, what's going on, dude? Hey, I, I'll tell you what. For someone like me who believes in everything, I gotta call bullshit on this stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I I mean, I believe in I believe in so many crazy things, and I feel so bad in calling bullshit on this because you know there are so many crazy, ridiculous things that I really, pretty much in my heart, know are true. You know, but I just don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't think we went to the moon, so how could we be doing all this? Yeah, you know, well, if you're not a moon know. guy, if you're not believing in the Apollo space program getting us to the moon, this might be a little hard for you to swallow. Yeah, yeah, and the whole, you know, what I've been thinking about lately, too, is, you know, all these people talk about uh, being abducted and stuff. No one's ever, like, asked, like, if they say that they were on the moon, and, like, there's this, have you ever heard of David Eckhart? Have you have you heard him talking to Lon Strickler about some of his stuff that's I been know going the, on in his I life? I know the name, but I don't know any of the stories. He, he was on that um, Fact or Fake. They did a whole episode on him back in, you know, the early in mid two two oh five or two oh eight or something like that when that show was on. But this guy's got a lot going on. You gotta get it, the people listening out there and, and you, uh Mike and Joe, if you I know not Joe as much as you maybe want to get into this, but his name's David Eckhart, E E C K A R T, I think it is. But um he did a something on open minds too one time. If you go and look him up on YouTube you, he's he's got photographic stuff in his bedroom and stuff. But anyway, what I'm getting to is people that are abducted, they say that they've been on the moon, and he said he has too. But I wish they'd ask these people what they see the Earth to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. To answer this whole what the Earth is. No one's ever talked about that with the flat earthers. And I'm I'm not a flat earther, but I, I don't think it's round. But I don't know if it's flat like they say. Because I just, that's the way I believe. But uh, that's another question. But this guy, there's just something about the way he talks. And, you know, don't you feel bad, too, Mike? Uh, I know you're a big Art Bell guy. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I, ju- I just 
I just can't swallow uh, um, what's his name? George Nori. Who's the guy? George, George Nori. Nori. Oh gosh, I I feel embarrassed listening to him. You know how sometimes you listen to someone and you feel embarrassed for him, so you have to turn down the radio. Yeah, I I well they're so good. I was a big fan of George Nori. I don't I don't dislike him. He he just lets his his guests say. Whatever he doesn't really challenge him too much. Although well, it, if you did hear that he did ask not, about weapons and whatnot. He he asked a few questions. It's not only that. It's just that he, he's just so like um, he seems like an airhead to me. You know what I mean? He's not uh-huh. he's he's not a deep thinker like Art Bell was. No, uh, and Nori doesn't really get into politics too much. He doesn't. He I mean he stays as of late. From what I know of him, he's kind of stayed on the paranormal kind of kick, whereas Art Bell would definitely dip his toes into political conspiracies a little bit more. Yeah. But anyway, Joe, how are you? Hey, man, I am okay. so fine. It's good to hear from you. It's always I, good to hear your voice. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I've been watching you guys. I really appreciate you on Saturday afternoons. Like, that's a big time for me. You know, even though, I mean, I have a life, but... Still, not much of one, but but I really enjoy you guys being on Saturdays. I always look forward to it. I always make sure that you like know, I'm at home, so I can put it on the big screen and stuff. So That's I appreciate awesome, what you guys are doing. I just thought I'd throw my two cents worth in on that, you know. But I feel kind of bad believing in all the nonsense I supposedly believe in, and then think this is nonsense. But I just <laughs> hey, do. Everyone's you know, got a line. Know. Everyone's got their so, own nonsense line. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you guys take it easy and thanks a lot for all the content and we'll be uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Take care, Leon. Have a good night. Okay. okay nice thank you for your call. Someone tried to call in during his uh call. So you want to call back in, fine, we'll leave it open a little longer. Call back in, yeah. He's 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 great caller and uh it's interesting. He's got a very unique perspective, I'm sure, but uh I was before he called, I I was going to ask you Night Ripper, mm-hmm. if uh, how, how what's your uh, scale of belief on this? Like on a one to five scale, um, five being I totally buy it. I think that uh, I buy some of it. I think that uh, there there is a possibility that this guy uh, has been used, and that what he's remembering is partially correct. And maybe not all of it, maybe some of it. Same with like the Paul Benowitz and the Mirage Man. They fed him a lot of crazy information during that uh, during that whole Mirage Man scenario. And I know a Mysterious Universe did a whole segment on it. But there was also real things that were actually happening. And I think with this information, if this is what that is, you mix in a little bit of truth and then some bullshit. Yeah, And I don't know exactly what kind of technology they have to feed people information through their head, but I think it's there. And you can implant memories in people. So I think there there might be some truth to it. I don't know exactly which part, though. Caller, you are on the air. Excuse me. Uh, we can barely hear you. Are we on speakerphone? Uh, hold on. How about now? Is that better? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, so I was wondering, I just... Uh, just tuned in and I started hearing about Mars. Yeah. Have y'all heard about the, the people that say they, or maybe y'all were talking about this and forgive me if y'all have, they say they've been to Mars and there's like giant centipedes up there. And there's a guy that says that he was put together by med beds. 
Well, we uh, we just played some clips, uh, clips from a guy named uh, Captain Randy Kramer, who claims to have been a space that's marine. Who, I think that's who I'm talking about. He says there's like giant centipedes, and it it sounds like that TV show from Fox called Red Planet. Uh, yeah, I I don't know that, that TV show. He didn't mention like uh, that he encountered some insectoid creatures. He encountered some reptilians. So yeah, we're we're talking about that uh, that subject. Yeah. Yeah, and he said he went and hung out with some of them, like he yep. made friends with them, and was he was taken prisoner by them. That's right. We just we played that clip like about uh, ten minutes ago. Like he was captured. Oh, and uh, that sorry. he's no, yeah, that's fine. He spent time with sorry. them. Uh, Joe just asked me what I believe the likelihood of that this is true, and I think there that it's it's possible that elements of his story no. might be true. It might not be his story, but there might be elements of that are true. No. It's got to be it's bullshit. Have you ever heard him talk about like the uh, the spaceships that he flies in that can go so fast? And he talks about. I mean, I, I did a deep dive into this yeah. thing like a year ago, whenever it got, or whenever. He, because the, the Corey Good mm-hmm. stuff, and I, like I, I feel like it uh, it damages uh, UF. You know, people that like to research sure. stuff. It gives us it. Not us, but it kind of makes the subject look like it's full of uh, wacko. Yeah, it, cer- it certainly can. Yeah, I, and, I, I totally hear you. Well, and, and there's some stuff that's really cool. Like there's a, the guy Michael Schrag that uh, if y'all know, he does all the like deep dives into military aircraft and uh, like uh, I guess like the. TBR three and stuff like that stuff's really interesting to me. But when some when this guy comes out and he can't like you you ever you hear a pilot like you saw the 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 Fravor interviews with the guy that to the F eighteen uh, with the Nimitz. Oh sure. So you listen to the way that guy talks, and then listen to the way this guy that went to Mars talks, and it's. It like I don't feel like that guy's been trained or anything. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it sounds like it doesn't sound legit. Yeah, you, I mean you 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 got fair points there. Obviously, that, that that cadence is not the same as what you would expect from a fighter pilot or someone who's been in the military as long as they've been. Um, I mean, well, then, I, I'm not sure if the story happened to him. I believe that there's a secret space program. I believe the military has yeah, a presence totally. in space. I don't know if he was a part of it. That's why I'm saying. Elements of his story well, are probably the, true, but I don't know what which ones they, they are. The McKinnon guy, you, you know, the British guy that uh, hacked into NASA's. Yeah. Um, like I, I, you know, that's like a super interesting story. I think that's that's cool, uh, and maybe that, and I believe everything that guy says. There's no reason why the U.S. government would have wouldn't have tried to extradite him the way they did if he hadn't really done what he did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he found some. Hey, did y'all did y'all see uh, the guy? I, shit, I can't remember anybody's names right now. Uh, the Black Vault. Did y'all know that guy? I don't know him, but I do know uh, Black Vault. Black Vault does a lot of good research on ufology. Yeah, he's all the he does all the FOIAs and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn, it, I can't remember his name. Uh, Greenwald, uh, John Greenwald Jr. That sounds think, about right. Yeah. Um. And he came out today with emails from uh, Lou Alizondo. Oh, yeah. What's, Very it, inter- what's Lou Alizondo oh, they, saying? 
Well, it was it was about Lou Elizondo trying to get those videos declassified. It was well, like okay, so uh, uh, some know, people might not know who Lou Elizondo is, or the first guy. Lou, Lou Elizondo is the guy part of the Academy to the Stars with uh, Tom DeLonge. He was also a former de- uh, Department of Defense guy. He was in the uh, the military for. He's in the CIA. He's yeah. He's, he was he was in the CIA. He was part of the Department of Defense. He's he was also on the History Channel most recent uh, show called Unidentified. And Lou Elizondo, Lou Elizondo was, ob- from what I've heard, absolutely critical in releasing that FLIR footage that everyone knows yeah. from the the U.S. estimates and the Navy pilots. That's that's what these emails are about. These emails are from him to a uh, like superior, and they're like, "Hey, uh, you know, can we can we bring these down to?" I don't remember how uh, John Greenwald Jr. put it, but he, you know, he showed the emails and everything. And it was basically, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. People should check it out for themselves, but uh, it, it was, it, it's very telling to me anyway, about what, what Lou Elizondo was doing, because he refers to them as UAVs and not UAPs. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. But, Hey, buddy, thank you very much for calling. We're going to move on here a little bit, I think. Oh, yeah. Hey, thank you for spending time. With, uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right, man. Take care. Thanks, dude. Subject. Got a, people excited. Yeah. I'm on blackbolt.com. I usually visit here about once a week because the guy does excellent work. He's got a good radio show, too. He's not. The, he, he, he's very straightforward. He does very straightforward research. He doesn't get goofy. He doesn't talk about hot dogs like the way we do. Oh, these are the best hot dogs. They're so succulent. No, he doesn't get into that kind of stuff. Hmm. Uh, we maybe have, he should consider it. We have one more call here, Joe. One more. Okay. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, it's Bill. Oh, I just shit. want to call you and tell you about my Mars experience and how I went to Mars. <laughs> I, I, I think I want to hear this. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, man. You had to go uh, in in a, in a big uh, quantum tunnel. It was a quantum, uh, you know, uh, a wormhole. And then you get there in a couple seconds. And then uh, you hang out. And, uh, you know, there's people around here that are getting paid. But they're all cool with it because, you know, eventually they're going to get a cushy job on Earth, even though they've never been there. And then, uh, you know, you go to the Space Council, and uh, it's big enough to hold, you know, Little aliens that are like five, four foot tall, or you know, sixty foot type. You know, they're just that big. Okay. And then uh, you know, when you got, you got to come back, you got to you know, get your body in a quantum shift, and uh, you know, enter the new body. But you know, mine was a little tricky because you know, I had to get uh, a guide named Al to help me out in uh-huh. my quantum leap, and uh, he had problems with his computer, Ziggy. And uh, but eventually, it all got worked out, and they put me back in my fat ass. <laughs> I feel like this is a TV show. No, no, no. Never was. No, was not. It's not a, it's not a this TV is show? all new. Quantum. The oh, word quantum. You know, the whole thing is quantum. It's all quantum. So it's it's, it's, almost, it's quantum. almost like you were quantum leaping. Were you quantum yeah, leaping? Yeah. So, That's what I, they, tried, they wanted to call it that, but we called it, uh, you know, quantum dilithium crystal methodology. Yeah. I, I like what uh, Bill's getting at here because when I was listening to that guy talk, there were certain things where it was like the quantum fluid or some quantum quantum fluid dynamics. It was like, all right, now we're done. 
we are so yeah, done. Like I was, I was like ready sure, to see what, Yeah. What's that? It's the quantum fluidity. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole quantum thing. It says quantum shift, <laughs> quantum leap, you know, whatever you got. It's quantum. Space quantico. force. Quantico. That's quantico. It's kind of with that stuff too. Sure. Hey, it's a ride. I mean, just took you guys on a little bit of a ride uh, through one man's uh, account of the secret space program. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm glad you had a, a positive experience in your quantum leap program, though, uh, Phil. Well, except for when they put me in a couple of people's bodies from 1950s. That, yeah. You know, I had to work my way out of it somehow by, you know, yeah. making them fall in love or some bullshit. But whatever. Ziggy. Yeah. You, you were a woman or you were old. It was. Yeah, I think this you, all sounds very familiar. I think uh, yeah. it wasn't. Didn't you have to set right what once went wrong? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you have to, you know, uh, it, yeah, you know, if JFK gets shot, you got to be the bodyguard that, like, you know, gets to Jackie O and says, "Hey, baby, it's cool." Yeah, I, 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 I do. Um, I mean, I think I, I've heard your story before, and uh, I'm a big fan of this story. Uh, well, that, that that's what they do. Uh, you know, they they take things that are real and they make them stories on TV that mold the truth. You know what I mean? Do you ever find yourself trapped in the past? And you're facing mirror images that weren't your own. I, I might have, yeah. Driven by an yeah, unknown force. I definitely was, yeah. His only guide on this. You, it sounded like you may have had a guide named Hal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a computer named Ziggy. Yeah. Well, thank you. That that Ziggy. He always fucked things up, and, uh, you know, it was good technology for the time, you know. Well, it's funny God, music. how, uh, how uh, you know, we go to space, you know, in 1955, and uh, we're starting out in space, but there's all these other aliens who are just like, yeah, yeah, we're going to be cool with you guys. We're going to get at war with you. We're not be able to kick your ass because we have whale guns, you know. Yeah. But obviously, they've been in space for a longer than us, and they're not having the ability to kick our ass because we have the quantum leap. Come on, we do know? have the quantum leaping. That is one thing we do have. Well, hey, uh, thank you, Bill or uh, Sam. Uh, I don't know what I have to call you anymore. Steve. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't even know. Hey, you got another? You got another track on no agenda? What, what, which one was it? Oh yeah, it was uh, no. They just played the I got ants, and they got uh, thanked. For, oh, you get, or, they played the full yeah, song at the, end. at the end. Of the episode. Yeah, they played right, the full song. All right, Bill. Well, hey, thank you very much. You love it. You love it, man. Love, love it. I Christmas. want it for Christmas. Absolutely. I want it for Christmas. All you right. Take care, Bill. Bye. All right. Bye. Piss through that boner. Can't forget to piss through that boner. Yeah, we got to use a That was a good little thing that we did, The uh, getting the slogan, like having a whatever it was. Wasn't it like a day or a week or something? Catchphrase of, contest. Catchphrase contest. Yeah, I liked that. That was fun. And uh, oxygen induced, thank you. Yeah, I, I did notice we had, we're having video glitching. That's true. Uh, and uh, it was it, this looks like a, a field of colors for a few seconds, and it goes back to normal. I don't know what's going on, and I don't know why it's it's going. I'm, it's probably restream is going on with the the video interlacing or something. I don't know what's going on, but the audio sounds Say good. quantum quantum something quantum is going on. Some kind of quantum fluidity is uh, in, inter- interjecting itself into our stream our very mm-hmm. fluid stream <laughs> are very powerful a very powerful and fluid stream if you want to join the slack or discord give us an email at our at gmail.com check out obdmpod.com 
for all the social media and donation links. Be a part of the magic.